Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chris Hayes, your trusty podcast producer for the Hooniverse. This week, we are bringing you an episode live from the Xbox One launch party with Turn 10 Creative Director Dan Greenwalt. Dan is the man behind Forza Motorsport, and we sat down with him to discuss the new game, the new system, and all that fun stuff. Uh, as I'm recording this, this is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and on behalf of the other guys from the Hooniverse, I just wanted to say, have a great holiday, and we'll catch back up with you next week. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Shout Engine. In less than five minutes, you can start your own podcast for free with ShoutEngine.com. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Hooniverse podcast. I said special because we're joining you from the Forza launch party here in L.A. And I'm joined by my perfectly cromulent co-host, Blake Zoidberg-Rong. Um, Blake, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing because we're going to dive right into this because our guest is Dan Greenwald from Turn 10 Studios. How you doing? Dan, thanks for joining us. We're doing great because we're staring at Forza 5. You're looking at an E21 uh, Lotus Grand Prix car. Actually. Yes, and that's a good thing to be looking at. Um, so you got a lot going on today. Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Um, are you excited to share this with everyone? I would imagine you are. Absolutely. It's been a bit of a whirlwind tour. Uh, the game was still being finaled by my team when I took off to go to San Francisco and Europe and a lot of these uh, places, a lot of these events. So it's been kind of crazy. Yeah, I bet. And uh, you just said you recently came back from Paris. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, the European tour was London, Paris, and Munich. And so we were there, not for the Xbox launch, but those were preview events with press in those regions. Okay. We're special here in North America because we get it before them, right? <laughs> well, I think <laughs> You don't have to answer hopefully. that. Uh, <laughs> I think Australia and New Zealand already, uh, I think they might already have it. Yeah, but they probably yeah. had to pay $300 to get it in Australia. Um, they're, so, they're so screwed down there. Um, we're not terribly far removed from Forza 4, Forza Horizon, but we're in a world with the next generation Xbox, the Xbox yeah. One. Uh, how has the Xbox One shaped the development of the game? It had to be pretty massive. Well, if you go to about a year before the launch of uh, Forza Motorsport 4, we actually had three games in development. We had Forza Motorsport 5, Forza Motorsport 4, and Forza Horizon all in development at the same time with very different goals. Forza Motorsport 4 was you know, the culmination of the Xbox 360 it was uh, it was what we believed the the, fur- the furthest refinement of our vision for motorsport on the Xbox 360. Massive game, lots of features, um, and if you think about Forza 2 to Forza 4, obviously there had been a lot of changes. Uh, the game looked much better in Forza 4. It got much bigger, and we didn't get new hardware for that. Mm-hmm. It just got better through optimization. Forza 2 was about 270 cars, about 12 tracks. And uh, now Forza 5, the launch of a generation, we have uh, over 200 cars and we have 14 environments, more environments. But the big thing is they're all built for this generation. So when we were building those three games at the same time, we were having kind of the closing down of motorsport for Xbox 360. We had a new beginning of a franchise, a sub-franchise with Horizon. And then we were trying to define what next generation would mean, not just for racing, but for gaming. So that was, to me, about building a game, not just that it's a launch title, but by far and away the biggest launch racing game that has ever been at the launch of a, of a gaming console. You know, 200 cars, it's huge. And yeah. everything is this incredible level of detail where you can, well, you can't open the doors on right. E21, obviously, but <laughs> you can open up the doors and get inside, and the cockpit view is truly immersive. The, the tracks have that uh, human touch, the debris, the crazy stuff. They look raced in. 
they, they definitely look racing. They look lived in, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now, uh, there was some early uh, people were confused a little bit to hear that you were uh, cutting back the number of cars and tracks. Um, but it's and, and I've heard you reference that you're going with quality over quantity, and I. I think that's a pretty awesome way to go. I mean, uh, we're looking at some of the cars here on a screen behind you, and they, I mean, they look beautifully rendered. So the, I would imagine, though, the plan is to bring some of those cars that people might think they're missing back, but at uh, the quality that you deem ex- I, So I don't think it's bringing back is the issue. So basically okay. what it comes down to is I believe our fans, and I believe that gamers deserve next-generation content. What that means is we didn't cut anything. We threw everything away. We had to rebuild it. So bringing back would imply that it could be brought back. Right. If it could have been brought back, we would have brought it back. We basically graded our content, and the content was not up to snuff. It was thrown away. That's even reference. If the reference was not up to snuff, we threw it away. So that's not... I've done a lot of games, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's cuts where you're reducing scope or doing something like that. This isn't cutting. This is building from scratch. So again, three games in development back before the Xbox... 360 was finished, right? And those games all had different specs, different goals, and different visions. This is not Forza 4, but different. Yeah. Forza Motorsport 5 is built, custom built, every piece of content for the Xbox One. So will we be adding things? Absolutely. Right. You know, we're now, we've got a tactic of over-capturing. We're going to continue to capture tracks. We're going to continue to capture cars because I never want capture to be the reason that we can't do something. I want capacity to be the reason. We have over 400 people working on this game all the time uh and capacity is still an issue because if you look at you know this is a 35 gig game wow blu-ray right forza 4 was two discs and that allowed it to be about 10 or 11 gigs (laughs) so this is a massive game yeah so we're over three times the size in gigs now that's not the best way to judge it so i'm being a little bit flipped there but it does tell you the enormity of what had to be built yeah well especially because if you learned optimization for forza 4 so you tightened it up and you you use that knowledge. I'm assuming when building Forza Five, but you needed to use all 35 gigs. So it, yeah, that makes sense. Is there um, going to be the same level of customization as there was in Forza Four? There is. Things have changed. Uh, you still have tuning is generally the same. So the amount of tuning options you have are similar. Okay. The way we do engine swaps and drivetrain swaps has changed. We now instead of limiting it to one manufacturer that can be swapped into itself so it's not like only mazdas can get mazda engines we have created iconic engines that since they are unbranded can go into any car but if you're a car guy you're going to kind of know which engine you're probably putting (laughs) in Uh, so that actually broadens it up so you can put some of the cross manufactured swaps in and we also, by unbridling the drivetrain swaps, the manufacturer doesn't have to have an all-wheel drive drivetrain for you to be able to put it in their cars because we now have built a basically a, a race all-wheel drive drivetrain you can put into the cars. Other than that, uh, you know, there's still body kits. There's race right. body kits. There's some aftermarket body kits. They're a little bit more OEM in feel, a little bit less uh, crazy and wild. And wheels are, are roughly the, a similar uh, There's thing. still the stripes going across the hood. <laughs> yeah, well, then there's painting. So painting's actually changed quite a bit. Okay. So um, both the economy has changed, the way that commerce is done in the game has changed, and the tool itself. Because of these new materials, we were talking about the imperfections in the paint, uh, having you know a paint coat actually have both a clear coat, a metal fleck, and a base paint layer in our game, not just in the real world. We, we simulate all three layers so that the light can bounce around in it. Well, that material system is incredibly powerful. So now you can actually paint your cars with wraps like think of a 3m wrap like a wood trim 
or a Ooh, mat a or a carbon yeah. fiber. You can put those on your car, and then you can, of course, add layers. So you could actually have the front of your car be a wood mat, a wood wrap, put an incredible paint job on the side or a, or a decal, <laughs> and then have the backside be like a chrome. And you guys have a pretty fanatical. Uh fan base when it comes to customizing these cars some people out there do some pretty amazing stuff yeah. with your customization engine so I'm mean, sure hearing that's going to drive them wild and we're going to see even crazier stuff but I, I'm more interested personally in what you guys have done with your um, suspension and tire tuning it mm-hmm. seems like you've gone next level above and beyond there yeah so Obviously, the Xbox One's a more powerful platform, and as a team, uh, we believe in no compromise, but you are somewhat bridled by the power you have. So given more power, which honestly, we also are able to get more power out of a box over time anyway, but given more power, I don't think it should be invested in one place. I think it should be invested to make the game better for all gamers. So that means multiplayer, that means AI, that means audio, that means physics, that means you know all across the game. Physics in particular, we use the power to increase the frequency, the update rate of a lot of our systems, just because we could. And when you're traveling really fast, it's good to do that, uh, have a faster update rate, because you can cross a lot of meters per second when you're going 200 miles per hour. And you hour. specifically mean as, as the vehicle in-game is, is barreling down the road, all the little computations that the, the system is making to tell it what the suspension is doing, it can yeah. do that. It can keep up with the car. Like body flex, moment of inertia, things like that, right? Those yeah. are things that can now be updated more quickly. Now, it's not that it changes what people can see. Mm-hmm. It's how the car is loading and changing its load and moving around. Uh, and that would have been just using the amount of power we're using for physics would have been very, very... Uh, it would not have been a very balanced way to make a 360 game, right? But the biggest ones are our new suspension system, our new tire system, which actually require so much more power, we just couldn't have done them on a 360 without really only rendering, like, kind of cell-shaded, quad-based things. So the suspension, we now physically model the size, shape, inertia of all of the components of every different suspension type. So like a multi-link, a complex multi-link suspension, like in the P1. Or a uh, old school, you know, live axle or swing arm. Those actually have very complex camber movements mm-hmm. of the tire uh, as they're going through their travel. And generally, in a rigid body physics system, which is what most games, PC sims and console sims alike, you approximate the camber based on measuring it. You measure it, and you're able to approximate it. Now we just don't approximate it. We just physically model how things are going to move. Now, visually, you can see that in an open-wheel car. But even on a car like the P1 where you can't see the suspension, we're physically modeling the way things move. And that does some pretty cool things. Uh, we were talking earlier about how that can actually make a linear spring into a progressive spring. Right. The spring is still linear, but because of the way it is angled against the, the actual force coming in on it, it increases angle and therefore becomes progressive. That's going to that's gonna help the folks, because not everybody out there buys a wheel, can afford a wheel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate experience would be with a wheel. But uh, And I just had a chance to sample the game briefly, so it seems like that has made driving with the controller closer to what you'd want out of the game uh, in terms of making it feel a little more realistic in the inputs and what happens on the car. Does that come from the suspension and tire upgrades at all? Cause the, or is that part of just the Xbox One having a better controller? Well, I think the first thing I take issue with is, is just that the ultimate experience is with a wheel. <laughs> and, and there's a very specific reason for that. We have an incredibly diverse group of people yeah. playing the game. And I, I love our community. The thing I love about it is so it's diverse and it's super passionate. And mm-hmm. So people that are very passionate often get blinders. 
And they're like, the world is like this because it's how my friends are and it's how I am and therefore it's everybody. I am in a position where I can go to Paris, right, as we were talking about, and 34% of our players in France are women. That's just not what people expect of Forza Motorsport. They think Forza is all about gearheads. Well, it's not. We have gearheads. We have everybody else. So usually when people say, should I buy a wheel Mm -hmm. for the game? First thing I ask is, have you ever driven a car on a track? And have you ever played Call of Duty or Halo? If you answer that, uh, yes, I've played Call of Duty or Halo, and no, I've never driven on a track, you should absolutely play with a controller. Mm -hmm. You'll enjoy it more, you'll be dexterous, you'll play more, and with the new haptics and the triggers, it's incredibly immersive. And yes, when I play with a controller, I turn a lot of assists off, and the new physics are readily apparent to me. But you're right. With a wheel and you go to simulation steering and you drive more like a professional race car driver who doesn't play Halo or Call of Duty, right. they're actually you know, flummoxed by this crazy controller with 16 buttons and rumbling going on all over the place. But you get them with a wheel and they're like artists. They yeah. can just paint. They can put the rubber on the road like in the same spot, lap after lap after lap, and turn it into this dark line. It's amazing. So it really depends on who you are. But I agree that uh, you can definitely feel the wheel if you're a sim guy. But you can even feel the controller. Uh, well, you know, speaking of real-life cars, uh, step away from the game for a second. Do um, you still have your M3? I do. Yeah. Uh, how's that treating you? Well, I've gotten the check engine light dealt with, <laughs> which, of course, now, and there's no wood in this The German room. car, welcome there was to the German wood, car ownership light. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, with my S4, it was like a laser beam just beaming yeah. me in the <laughs> yeah. eye. Every, yeah. I'd get it was fake. Big bag product, yeah. I'd get it in the morning, and I'd just be like, bing! No, my you car's all of a yeah. bitch. Puts a little duct tape over that. Yeah. You don't have to deal with it anymore. There so, you go, no more problem. The biggest issue is my commute is like three miles. Uh. So my car doesn't even get warmed up. So I, I basically turn it on. It shits gas out the back. <laughs> right. I get riding, and it, it keeps shitting gas all the way to work. And then it's maybe, maybe warm by the time I get there. So I actually have to trickle charge my car. Oh, <laughs> because I don't drive far right, you don't or even fast give the ultimator enough. A chance. Exactly. That's fantastic. So I was going through batteries like crazy, and I thought it was because I had. I had an underdrive pulley on it, or have an underdrive pulley on it, and I actually have a retrofit of a 2010 iDrive into a 2008 car, and I thought maybe <laughs> the specs, you know, it was bleeding more, or maybe it wasn't, you know, there was a short somewhere in the system, um, but it wasn't. It's just that I was only driving three miles. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, Dan, I know you have a busy day ahead of you. Um, thank you for taking a moment to sit with us on this very special edition of the Hoonimers podcast. Uh, one of these days when you have more time, we'll get you on, and we'll drink some beers, and we'll talk more car stuff. But in the meantime, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, and uh, have a great party tonight. Yeah, All right, thank you.